Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are here to speak with Brett Thompson. In a nutshell, Brett shows people how to turn their words and ideas into money. A lot of this is done with copywriting, and for those of you who don't know, copywriting is a skill that will pay you for life. It's seriously one of the most important business skills because it's about articulating what you do to your ideal prospect better than anyone else. And Brett has consistently created successful multi-million dollar marketing campaigns for his clients, and he's responsible for the marketing behind bringing Sir Richard Branson out to Australia. In fact, Brett is the secret weapon behind some of the largest and most profitable direct response marketing campaigns in Australia overall. He is a sought-after marketing expert, freelance copywriter, master sales and conversion strategist. He's an explosive and entertaining stage presenter, plus creator of one of the most popular copywriting products in Australia, the 7-Hour Sales Letter. As one of Australia's highest-paid and in-demand copywriters and sales conversion strategists, I've asked him to come here today and share with us some of his best-kept secrets. Brett, thank you so much for your time today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm feeling pumped and excited to be on the call, Daryl. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good, man. I'm, we've been chatting a bit back and forth, and I love what you do, and I love your style, and I just love how you set everything up. But obviously, you didn't start out being where you're at now, so how did you get started? What were you doing before you even got into this? Oh, yeah, good question, man. Um, probably eight years ago, the only way anyone would have met me is if they walked into a, an industrial estate in Australia and asked, us, asked for some nuts and bolts because I worked at a nuts and bolts companies um, and I've been there for, um, you know, 15 years. Um, wow. now just, yeah, man. So, um, but it goes back before then, you know, um, I, I, just to right now, you know, first of all, I appreciate the introduction. That was really cool. I just can't wait to hear what I'm going to say now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, thanks, now i got to live up to that. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but I always tell people, like, yeah, in Australia, I'm regarded as one of the, the highest paid, most in-demand copywriters. But uh, if my English teacher knew how much money I made from writing, she'd roll over in a grave, the poor thing, because <laughs> I went through school. It was a big social event for me, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't read a book at all. I just was so allergic to reading and writing. I was just um, yeah, completely allergic to it, um, to the point where I remember – celebrating after I finished school and I thought this is great I never have to be asked to read another book ever again and I just thought that was awesome um and then I started my first I started 10 years um for the 10 years after school I, I became a full-time investor and I invested probably about 90 percent of my income into my social life <laughs> that, was, that was it man it was like that, that's all. That was my whole priority. Um, and I think in that time I did read one thing. Uh, there was a, a newspaper article I kind of stumbled across and the headline said, um, how alcohol affects your brain. I went, oh, no. <laughs> so I decided to read that. And then by the time I finished reading it, I slammed my hand on the table and said, right, from this day on, I'm never going to read again. <laughs> so, the, so that was my priority. It was just like partying and all that kind of stuff. But, and I didn't realize at the time, but um, that really helped with what, my, where I was going. I had no idea why. But I'll, I'll show you how it linked in. Cut a long story short, um, so, sometime after that, I, I was blessed with twin boys. Right? That was a bit of a shock. And, and that completely changed me because I thought, wow, 
now I have new priorities. Right. And, and I, a lot of a lot of people, they, I don't know, they just don't take parenting really seriously. But for me, I said, wow, I'm, I'm, I really stepped up and said, I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just change my life and, and become. I just got really motivated to, to, and I guess one of the biggest driver things was me was to become smarter. Believe it or not, I said, well, I've got to be more intelligent. I've got to be, I've got to provide, and 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 it started me off on that journey. So, at the time, um, I was living in a shared house with um with eight other people, um, and and one of my mates was a nightclub owner, and um and he was very different than us because in his room it was full of books. So I, I used to think. What a stupid thing to put in your room if you've got a choice to put things in your room. It was books, right? So I thought, um, I'm, going to, I'm just going to go in there and, and, and start. Real. I felt this urge to just change my life. And I walked in there and there's books everywhere. And I'm just walking around thinking, I have no idea what I'm looking for. But there's this one book that stood out on the spine. The headline was, um, so the spine said, Awaken the Giant Within. Mm. Uh, interesting. So I pull that out and there's this big dude with big teeth, Anthony Robbins, and it said how to how to um, create your destiny and change life emotionally, physically, financially, and spiritually. I said, oh, maybe this is a good start. <laughs> and it was um, about 400-page book. And I remember setting my first goal. I thought, right, I'm going to read for 10 minutes a night until I finish this book. Right? So I had a little timer next to me, and I started reading, reading. As soon as the 10 minutes alarm went off, I went, that, that's it, next night. 10 minutes and just read, read. And after a little while, I was reading, 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 and I looked across and it was like 23 minutes. I thought, oh, wow, I can have tomorrow night off. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it took me six months to read that book. But after 80 pages, I'd given away all my bad habits. I'd, I'd become a, um, a personal development kind of machine where I'd listen to CDs and, and seminars. And, and um, very quickly, uh, when you're... Your, your lifestyle is usually hanging out at nightclubs. When you try and tell people about this and preach to them at nightclubs, I very quickly burn a lot of mates, as you can imagine. Mm. Um, and um, I, I found myself in a in network marketing um, business, um, and, and they just pumped me full of personal development. I, it was just great. Now, I was in there for eight years. I didn't. Um, I, I ended up getting relatively high. It was in um, Amway. It um, doesn't really matter which one you're in. Um, and I, I got to a stage called Platinum where I went to Hawaii. That's a really hard slog, man. Um, mm. But like five, six nights a week, man, I was just, man, it just it gave me a lot of confidence to approach people and, and, and resilience to for rejection, right? <laughs> that is the school of hard knocks, right? Um and it gave me an ability to, to sell, but also how to read people. Uh, you get so good when you're in front of strangers, you know, in their lounge room, drawing circles on a whiteboard. Um, you know, every, every night you, you you can just look at someone's face and they just make a little infliction. You know exactly what they're thinking. And I became razor sharp at, at understanding um, how how to navigate conversations in, in a sales um, yeah. thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, cut a long story short. Um, I was making a bit of money. I was speaking on stage uh, for, the, for you know the networking group, and then my business, um, one of the legs, I had a, a, a marriage breakup, and it kind of crumbled down. And so I wasn't really earning much money, but I was still being asked to to talk and share and spread the dream and all this. But morally, it was a conflict, and I can't do anything that long if if, if there's a moral conflict. So so I started looking for something else, and um, and my my boys. My twin boys, I had three boys at that stage. I was, uh, um, um, and again, I just, yeah. And I said, I'm going to teach personal development for kids. So I came up with my first business idea. I thought, I'm going to teach, run, do seminars and teach kids self-esteem, confidence, communication skills and life skills. And I told everyone about it. Everyone thinks, so they said, Brett, you'll rock at that, man. Just go for it. So I was working a job. I'd been there for 15 years. Selling nuts and bolts and um, and all that kind of and you know it, it just I, I mean didn't had it wasn't it was kind of one of those things you climb the ladder of success and you get to the top and you realise I was leaning against the wrong wall mm, and mm, um, mm. Um, so I I handed in my resignation I was going to start my my own business and I learned very quickly that you can have one a good idea on one side but unless you know marketing 
then it can just flop and you can lose a lot of money. Yep. Right, because I found out that everyone thought it was a great idea, but no one was prepared to pay for it. Right, and all the people that were telling you it was a great idea probably had no business experience, and you know, and that's, that's the other true. case twenty two is you, people do that all the time. They take advice from people that they wouldn't want to trade shoes with for that you know for that area of their life. So, yeah, I know I agree wholeheartedly. I remember a mentor of mine; he really drilled into my head by saying, you know, good marketing. Uh, good marketing can sell a non-existent product where bad marketing can't give away free gold. And I think uh-huh. that's really, I think that's kind of wow. like what you're saying here. You know, you had something, but you had no marketing. And so it was hard. Is that correct? That's so spot on, man. And no one's ever, no one's ever kind of said that to me, but you're absolutely bang on because a part of that story, which I don't tell a lot of, but I ended up um, talking to some of the best marketers in Australia. Now, I don't know how I came across these guys. These guys are relatively hard to reach, but I found, I mean, I, you, you, you just, well, you know, with the with the being in the networking game, you have kind of no fear. So, <laughs> so I kind of, I found myself, and then I shared my business idea with these guys, and they were the only ones that, and they pretty much said, your business model sucks. Right. So that was their word. And, and me, because I was standing on so many personal development books about persistence and perseverance and determination, I <laughs> I thought to myself, well, I'll show you, Mr. Millionaire. You can just wait and see. Uh-huh. <laughs> so after I lost all my money, I ended up going back to them. <laughs> and, um, I'm, so laughing because, I'm laughing because I've been in your, I've been in your shoes. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. And, and um, so in my first year of, of business and raising three boys, I made um, $16,000. All right, so that's tough, right, really tough. Um, but but the boys wouldn't know because they were just nourished with so much love and support and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, so I found myself my first marketing seminar, a guy by the name of Mal Emery in Australia, known as the Millionaire Maker. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting at the back. He's he's he walked up on stage and uh, and and just so you know, Dale, because you know, I don't tell everyone this, but the people that were speaking at this event was Mal Emery. You might not know, but there was. Ted Nicholas and Joe Sugarman mm. uh, as well. Um, and I had no idea who they were. But um, Mal Emery said, walked up on stage, he goes, Radio folks, what I'm going to show share with you now has put more money in my bank account than anything I've done in my whole life. And I thought, oh, wow. And I said, in my head, I thought, whatever comes out of this guy's mouth, I'm just going to do it no matter what. And he said, it's the art of writing compelling words on paper, better known as... Emotional direct response, copywriting. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, no, I hate writing. And I'd only just started reading. That's the last thing I want to do, but I made the decision. So I said, right, yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. So he invited a guy up on stage by the name of Pete Godfrey, um, who's you know uh, one of the best copywriters in Australia. And, uh, and Pete did a presentation, and I said, yeah, it's cool. I spent my last $500, and that's no word of a lie, to go to an um, event and learn this more. And it just... It really clicked for me, mate. I just really understood because it really copyrighted is just salesmanship in print, uh-huh. right? So uh, it just really resonated with me. So I started applying these copywriting skills into my own business and started getting some results. And people started emailing me saying, "Hey, Brett, who's who's writing your emails and who wrote your sales letter?" And I said, "Well, it was me." And they said, "Listen, we're putting some campaigns together. Um, are you open if we pay you to write for us?" And I thought. Well, I'm not earning any money, so yeah, why not? That sounds cool. <laughs> um, and and I started just hitting it out of the park for people, just just promotion after promotion, just really tapping into it and um, and getting some great results. And then a short time after, Mal Emery rang me up and said, um, "Hey, I've got this sales letter in front of me. Apparently, someone said you wrote it. Is it true?" And he told me, "I said, yeah, that's mine." He said, "That's probably one of the best sales letters I've seen in Australia in the last ten years." I thought. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But, but, um, <laughs> but cut, cut a long story short, I started writing for Mal. Um, within a few months, I became his um, personal copywriter. I was on a good, healthy six-figure salary. So financially, I was doing cool. Um, and then outside of that, I started my own business. I, I took a product um, in partnership with someone, and everyone was struggling to sell it for $498 around Australia. I looked at all the copy, and I put my... my my copy touch all over it, and I was um, able to sell the same product for one thousand four hundred ninety-eight dollars, and I outsold everyone else by six hundred percent. Wow! Right, 
The interesting thing is, Dal, is the product didn't change. The only thing that changed was the words in the marketing. It's um, huge, and so many people don't even get that. I mean, I've done work for clients um, online where simply just by testing a better headline, we've we've I've doubled, I've tripled, and I've quadrupled uh, results on their sales pages just by getting a better headline. So I fully, mm-hmm. I fully, fully, fully agree. And I'm, I'm saying that I know you know, but I'm saying just in case our listeners, if they're new to copywriting, I know it seems fickle and I know it seems silly, but you really can have exponential growth in your business without changing anything. I mean, these people, like what I did, it, it was online marketing and you know they were getting the same amount of traffic and the product was the same price. Everything was the same. But because we had a headline that grabbed people's attention better, we got more people to actually read it, which led to more people buying and moving on to the next step in the process. So, yeah, I, mm. I fully agree that with better copy, I mean, we said at the beginning, copywriting is a skill that will pay you for life. And it's because it's about articulating, just really articulating what it is you offer to people in simple language. And I don't know if you said it when we started the recording or before that, but I remember you saying that if your if your English teacher knew she if she read any of your copies, she'd be rolling over in her in her sleep or in her grave, right? Because it's sales copywriting sounds nothing like academic writing, right? It's not about exactly. grammar. It's not about it's about peop it's about writing how you talk. So when people read it, it's one, it's easier because people don't even realize reading is difficult. It's it's physically it's it's demanding on us. Um, mm. It's fatiguing. Mm. That's why people get tired, you know, when they sleepy when they read. Um, so yeah. being able to like write the least amount of words possible, but express the most, you know, and and really know what the other person on the, that's reading it needs to hear. That's it's huge, huge, most power. One of the most powerful things you can do for your business. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for thanks for adding that. And it's and look, if if I've got time, I'd love to share the five things I did. Um, really well at the start um, just to give some value in this call for people as well. I, I, I mean, don't think story... any of my listeners want to hear that. I don't know if they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, by all means, man. You give us, yeah, give us what you got. I'm, I got my yeah. note already too. Cool, no worries. But I'll just give you an example of how copy can change things. And I heard this from um, uh, Ryan Dice. Um, this, there was a, a book called, um, in, published in 1982 called Astrological Love. Right, And that was by Nora Hayden, and over the, the course of its life, it, it sold 5,000 copies worldwide. So it wasn't, it didn't really take off. So now it was, um, but in 1998, they um, it was republished it and they put a different headline on it. And the headline was, How to Satisfy a Woman Every Time and Have Her Beg for More. All right? And that sold exactly the same book, just different headline. Instead of 5,000 copies, that sold. Two and a half million, over two and a half million, and it became number one New York Times bestseller. Yep. Same book, different headline. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I guess that's what I did. You know, I, I, I learned that skill and applied it and, and got some great results. And then um, I, I started f- freelancing um, for people. And then over the last probably seven or eight years, I've contributed to over uh, $230 million worth of sales in Australia just through. Um, copywriting and also marketing strategy and things like that so um yeah so uh, and now from that yeah, to be a great copywriter i believe you've got to be a great marketer as well so i really understood direct response marketing principles mm-hmm. um and then uh and so now i've kind of merged just not just from copywriting but we do i run um seminars and workshops and um and and also we do have our own agency where we take on projects for people with, with copywriters underneath me and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, again, it's, it's copy is so quintessential. It is so, it's a huge part of everything. It's the communication that you have with all of your customers and prospects. And I mean, we, you know, there are marketing legends that we've heard their letters have been mailing for years, years and years and years. And, you know, and you can, you can, it's an, it's really is it's a canned and cloned copy of your sales presentation and it's an asset and if you get your numbers dialed in right I mean I know excuse me one of my clients you know we had copy again we're talking about online but the copywriting is still the copywriting whether you're mailing a sales letter or it's all copywriting it's all the same it's all the same um, category you know we were able to accurately predict however many people we had like leads we had we were able to predict within dollars how much money we would make at the end of the week. You know, mm-hmm. we scaled that up. Uh, we were using Facebook ads at the time, and we scaled that up to where we were spending $4,500 per day because we just knew our numbers so well. And it's just like you said, like it's 
It's just it's taking your best sales presentation and articulating it in the written word, whether you're showing it online or offline or however. So it makes perfect sense that you're so involved and that you have an, a full-fledged agency that does everything because copy is the heart mm. of it. And <clears throat> I don't know if there's any business owner that would not benefit from learning the basic fundamentals of copywriting. I just don't see how because it'll make you connect with your clients better. It'll make you a better communicator. It'll get you uh, more um, clear about what it is you actually offer people that they want. I mean, you know, you'll know what the biggest objections people have to join. Like so many people are so detached from their customers and the front line that copywriting mm. really, that's what it is about. You know, it's about listening to those conversations. I mean, I sh you should be saying this because you're more of a copy expert than I am, but um, <laughs> I definitely yeah. appreciate it. And I, it's huge. It's huge. It's well, mate, I can, um, I mean, you just tell me where you want this to go, but I, I can share with you the five, things I did really well and, and you can jump in and ask any questions because there's lots more advanced stuff that I can share with people but um, going back to the beginning you're right everyone needs to um, you don't have to write your own copy but at least have a good understanding so you can you can you know what you're looking you can determine between what's good and what's bad right mm -hmm. um, and so the, the, the number one thing that I got good at at the start and understood had nothing to do with writing at all because I had no writing experience. Uh, I was actually in the research phase. And, and funny enough, if someone, well, for me to write, um, to, me personally to write a, a campaign that's anywhere from 25K and above, but what my client doesn't realise is I spend probably 70% or maybe 80% of my time in the researching phase and only 20% in, in actually writing. Mm -hmm. uh, because... Uh, you know, you don't have to be a great writer. You don't have to be a wordsmith. You just have to understand like, the psychology of the client and what's going to make them take the next step. Mm. You know, um, Gary Benzavenga said um, said that best, and I, I believe that that's so true. And I really got that from the start. So, to so I, I would so if anyone wants to get really good at this, uh, instead of trying to be a um, craft some compelling words, just Talk to your clients and, and research, um, you know, um, what, what makes them tick. See, if someone was going to pay a copywriter to do a project, they generally send a questionnaire to, a, to the copywriter. No, sorry, the copywriter would send a questionnaire to the business owner, mm -hmm. and the business owner would start filling out these questions like, what are the three biggest frustrations? What keeps them up at night? And um, what's your benefits? What's your, all that kind of stuff. Then the copywriter will take that and try and craft a sales message. But what I did, I, I got that from the, the the business owner, but I also said, "Hey, business owner, can you give me ten of your the phone numbers, ten of your top clients, most recent clients? I want to give them a call, and then I'd ring up them and I'd ask them to fill that out or ask them those questions over the phone because what the business owner thinks he knows about the market is generally um, completely different to what the, what the client is, and 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 if you, and you're marketing to the client, you know, you're not marketing to impress the business owner, so." Um, so look, and also a campaign that might have worked, you know, two, three, four years ago may not work today because the markets change and evolve, and, and people's awareness change. So you've got to really, um, you know, you've you've got to really stay current with with what's going to make people respond because some some of the old tactics that um, they don't really respond. To, I mean now, like even. If you look at lead magnets, and you know this, Dara, offering a big 180-page ebook as a lead magnet, that's that's not going to get the opt-ins like it used to because people don't have time. So you've got to evolve, yep. you know. Yep. So yeah, so that that's the one thing is is the researching phase. So I, I interview people and, and and look at forums, um, and and also look at, at at the language they were writing because you can get clients to write copy for you. If you just send a simple survey out to your to your um, database, or, or um, that said, what's your number one single biggest frustration to do with X, Y, Z, and you, you incentivize them to fill it out, and they'll start they'll start writing copy for you. Say, so, oh, I'm frustrated about this and this, this and that, and you don't have to be too clever. You just use those words and turn it back in and turn them into bullet points, headlines. You know, because yep. um, when they read that, they'll think. 
oh wow that's 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 made that's yeah, me that's, it's made for yeah. me and humans <laughs> we have this and forgive me for interjecting here but i i think this is a great point to articulate and help people with an example you know if you've been suffering from a migraine a headache a terrible headache for days and you just resolve that's it i'm going to go to the store and i buy something and you go to your drugstore and you go down the medicine aisle and there's all the shelves are empty except for there's two products on the shelf and there's one is this big jar of green glop and on it it says medicine and it's 99 cents and beside it is this tiny little bottle and it's three dollars and 99 cents but it says you know it's it's it says migraine pills cures most migraines in 20 minutes or less you know what I mean? Like people are more likely to buy the migraine one, even though it's more expensive, right? Just because mm. the other one says medicine cures everything, you know, but you have no idea how long is it going to take. Is it for me? But people want things that are custom fit. We don't buy a shoe. We buy a running shoe, a hiking shoe, a dress shoe, you know, walking. You even get walking shoes. I think that's the most ridiculous thing. Like, a, <laughs> a walk, but people want custom built things. So yeah. what you're saying, like, this is gold and people that are listening to this, I, again, I say this often, but I'm not bringing on just anybody onto these calls. Like this is good stuff. I mean, it's just survey your people and use that into copy and really get those pain points. Like, you know, and ask things, guys, what's your number one frustration? Why is that frustrating you? What would it mean to your life if this problem was alleviated? I mean, when people give you and pour their hearts for those answers and you can articulate those back to people, uh, yeah, I mean, you're just going to blow away your competition. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly, and it and that's that's one of the things that I think a lot of um, some copywriters are a bit lazy on that part. They just they get information from the business owner, but the the, the gold is is the clients. You let them tell you how to sell to them and how to communicate with them and use use their words back to them. You know, um, but it's all it's all emotional driven, and we'll t- I'll talk about that come shortly. But the second thing I got really good at was coming up with the big idea, and that's uh, that's where you can really. Uh, look, I believe you. You're everyone's just one big idea away from their next million dollar payday, uh-huh. uh, uh, and so uh, there's so many. A, a lot of people just play play the safe ground. I always like to push it to the edge and try and try and come up with that out of the box idea. Now, a big idea can be um, can be to do with the offer, um, and I love I love the the story. Uh, it's a bit of a legend story. I think Bob Stuvak, I might have got his name wrong, in uh, Las, uh, Las Vegas who, who bought a, a run-down casino and everyone said, you know, you're crazy. So he made this offer, I think it was for $197. You could stay at his um, casino for the weekend and or for yeah, two nights. You could you get um, $1,000 worth of, of chips to use in the casino and you can keep all the winnings. When you're at the table, you get free drinks. You get um, a bottle of champagne to um, to your room every night. You get a, 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 a choice of a gift of a diamond ring or a, I think it was a VHS, you know, video player. You get um, you get tickets to to the show. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, and so everyone. <laughs> I know, and everyone thought that's crazy. How could how could he make money? Like that's crazy, but. He he knew his numbers, right? He knew that if he even if he if he got someone into his casino, even if he gave them a thousand dollar head start, he would always come out the winner, you know. So he knew his numbers, and then as soon as they uh, the two days it was over, he'd jump on they jump on the phone and, and book them in again, and um, and it just exploded, mm. right? Yep. Um, and when so, saying he, he knew his numbers, you mean like the lifetime customer value, right? Which means the the amount of money the typical customer is going to spend in their during their relationship with you, averaged out amongst all your customers, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. he, he knew even if he gave him a thousand dollar head start, he knew he'd um, they'd be spending more with him. It was just um, so. And, and Dan Kennedy, Dan, um, he was asked if you could go back in time and do it all over again. What would you do differently? And one of the answers he said was, um, "I'd go negative on the front end to acquire a customer mm. uh, because mm. because of that." Uh, but not everyone can afford to do that. But even if you break even, mm-hmm. uh, because once you get a customer once, it's ten times easier to sell something to them. Right. You're right. 
Right. Everyone, so, everyone thinks you get a customer to make a sale, but that's backwards. You make a sale to get a customer. A sale mm. is a golden egg, and a customer is the goose who lays golden eggs. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. 180 percent. So yeah, another cool story. The big idea is uh, from legend um, Gary Halbert, who I've learned more from than anyone in, in copywriting. He mm-hmm. now he was given a uh, uh, the task of coming up with or selling a new um, perfume brand. Now, a B-grade copywriter would have come up with a lame headline like, I don't know, uh, Essence of the Night or something something completely unspecific. But no, Gary, he took out a full newspaper ad and um, and when I and, and you know anyone listening to this, imagine if you saw a headline this when you because here's the thing: when you're looking at a newspaper, um, it's estimated you stain on a um, you stain on a page. Um, three seconds, right? right? And this is the third thing I got good at is 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 taking a big idea and turning it into a headline, right? And this is a great example of how you can use headlines. So, so the headline Gary put on um, for this on this perfume was um, "Wife of Hollywood star swears under oath her new uh, perfume does not contain." Illegal sexual stimulants. Right, I remember that. Yes, <laughs> and uh, the subhead was, and to prove it, she's given away ten thousand free bottles at the um, the hotel. Well, I can't remember where the hotel was, right? right. And then it had a um, a full page information about it. So now, if you're flicking through the newspaper, as if you're not going to read more, when you're, <laughs> you know, um, now that that um, headline and 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 concept, big idea concept, that. Uh, motivated um, six or seven thousand people to jump in their car, drive down to the hotel to get their free bottle, mm-hmm. and it caused a traffic jam. And I mean, in Australia, mate, that, we don't even get that many people at a football match. It's yep. just like a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and that's an example of, of coming up with a big idea and then finding that and turning it into a headline. And again, that's the third thing I got very good at was coming up with headlines. Um, mm-hmm. And again, because like most people re- stay on a page on a newspaper for only three seconds. So, uh, and and with the website and online, it's, it's it's very similar. You know, so you can you can. There's no use having you know an irresistible offer or an amazing guarantee lost down in in, in your in your um uh, in in your sales page. They have to scroll down. They they look at the headline and they ask themselves, is this worthy of my time? Is this going to solve a problem that I have right now? Yes or no? If the answer is no, they'll just go to somewhere else. Right. So the headline is eighty um, percent of it. And I know um, Ted Nicholas, who I've um, got to know over the years, who's probably done more space ads um, than almost anyone in, in the world. He mm. he ran an ad with a with a, um, in, in one publication, and then the same. Um, the same week, sorry, the next week after he ran the exact same ad, uh, but all I had was a different headline. So same font, same body, same offer and everything, but just a different headline. And the, the second ad outperformed it by 1,700 times. Mm-hmm. Right? So purely because of the headline. So I know we touched on this before, it's, but that's that's another way of um, one thing I got very, very good at because it's 80% of your success is the headline. Yep. Um, so how to get how do, if someone says well how do you get good at headlines right well um, number one if 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 I mean email subject lines and mini headlines as well instead of opening up your email every day and just you know, pressing delete 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 just have a quick scan through the email subject lines if there's anything that creates curiosity intrigue and the desire to want to know more then copy copy and paste it put it in a word doc called cool email subject lines if you see headlines on um, on ads or um, or anywhere. Just copy and paste it. Create your own swipe file. That's that's how I started getting good at it. You know, that's a huge. Um, in fact, the tidbit that I use, Vic Schwab wrote a book called "How to Write an Advertisement," and he's got a list of hundred headlines in there. And one of the things that I do, and I'm not nowhere, I'm not even like in the same ballpark as you with headlines, but I go through those hundred or as many of them as I can and try to repurpose them for my purpose just to get you like thinking, get the juices flowing mm. because that's huge. Exactly like what you said. I had, when I had my martial arts school, I ran an, an ad campaign online just trying to get people to sign up for a free trial. Um, and I had like 11 different headlines, 11 different appeals and I'd like get, you know, get in shape, lose weight, meet people, self-defense, compete, all that. And the one that outpulled the number two by like 1100% was free fighter fitness and skill assessment. 
And we did mm. the same thing with everyone when they came in. We all, whenever someone came in, we did the same thing. We made them do some, you know, did a fitness assessment, did a demo lesson, and then that was that. But this now, just because we repurposed it and we were in better connection with who our target market was, it just, that was exactly like you're saying. Like, it can be the difference. And I, the reason why I wanted to articulate that is because something that was a mystery for me is I just blindly followed one of my mentors a long time ago who told me copy was so important. And I started learning from Gary Halbert and Gary Bensavenga and all the greats and reading the Gene Schwartz books and, you know, everything I could, but I never like, I'm like, great, but how does this turn into money? Like, I just didn't really kind of get it. I'm like, I can communicate better with my current clients, but I didn't understand how it would help me get new people. And I just wanted to mention something that we talked about, I think before the call. And that's that any business there's, I want to like dispel a myth and someone's going to maybe, I don't know, tell me I'm an idiot, but you know, there's this whole thing about inbound marketing versus outbound marketing. And I love inbound marketing, but you can't scale that quickly. You can't scale people coming to you. You can't mm. directly control that. You can't turn it on and off like a tap, but you can outbound marketing. You can decide, I'm going to make 200 cold calls. You, you know, like, and of course we all hate it and all that stuff, but when it comes to advertising, like you're talking about, whether you're putting in direct mail, whether you're running ads to send people to your site, you can scale that, right? You can say, I'm going to buy 100 visitors today from whatever site and send them to my site, and you can scale that super fast. But mm. you're not going to be able to turn that into money Unless you've got really powerful copy that does that for you, that just like I described with my 11 different appeals and like Brett's been telling us, you know, if you just, if you don't know the conversation going on inside your customer's head, you know, you're going to, you're going to spend a lot of money to learn a lot of data, you know, get a lot of data, but you need to know how to improve it and, and go. And I just wanted to put that in there because for a lot of people listening, I know for me for years, I'm like, great, copy's important. I'm writing these sales letters out by hand, but like, when does this turn into money? And it took me years to figure that out that, oh, that's because to, to be a real business and grow and scale, you actually have to advertise. And that, I don't know why that's really such a mystery for a lot of people, but you know, in most industries, that's the case. And I just want to put mm. that out there and I don't, what do you think? I mean, maybe I'm out on a limb and by all means. No, man, absolutely. No, I appreciate it. Cause a lot of the times I just assume everyone knows you know, the importance of it, but it's good to put that in perspective, mate. And, and all, all the, all the, the guys in our industry, we're, we're complete marketing nerds, but if you look at the, the legends in our industry, um, they're all, a lot of them, have their core um, base skill is, is they're very great copy, they're great copywriters, like Evan Pagan, uh, obviously um, Ryan Levick, you know, that's yep. he's a, a, a legend. Um, Frank Kern, uh, I mean, of course, Dan Kennedy, he's like the top of the tree, but um, <laughs> so, you know, so... So yeah, I mean it, it is, and, and and the guys that are really crushing it um, with with paid paid advertising, um, they they know that some of the the, the biggest uh, assets in their team is is the copywriter, and and every time they just scale, they just pay more for a copywriter that that just comes back, you know, you know, um, gives them a lot better return. So so that's that's good, mate. I'm, I'm glad you added that. Um, so one of the other things I got really, and I'll, I'll just also say as well. That a lot of things I'm saying might not sound like really advanced, and they're very principles based. But this is important because I mean I can do um, day long conferences on all the ninja tricks and all that, and but really, like you've got to understand these principles if you just um, understand this. You always fall back on these these core principles. So one of the other things that you've really got good at get good at is writing in a conversational style, and that was easy for me because uh, I you know my I was, I was failed English all through school. So, um, and where people go wrong, and when I say conversational style, you kind of write as you speak, right? Or to be more specific, write as your market speaks. Yeah, this, this is absolutely critical because most people feel compelled to use big words. And it could be ego-based. They try and sound intelligent and they, uh, and they, they write very institutionalized or text, textbook kind of style. And that just puts people to sleep and bores them straight away. So, so write in a conversational style. The best, a good way to do that is if you sit down with someone you know you, you feel comfortable with, and get and get your smartphone and and sell them on your idea, sell them about your business, and get the whole thing recorded. Invite them to um, throw up objections and 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 deal with those objections on the spot, right? Because here's the thing: um, in in your sales message, there's a certain number of boxes you've got to tick in people's minds. If you don't tick one box, they're not going to buy. So I say one objection missed is a sale missed. 
Uh, one objection mist is a sale mist. So, so we've got to write with a conversation style. So you can you can transcribe a conversation you have with someone. Get it, um, get that transcribed, get that recorded and transcribed. And and what you'll get back, you just take out all the ums and the ahs. But what you leave in there is what we call connectors, like things like. Oh wait, one more thing. Oh, before I go, oh, there's another thing I've got to tell you. All those kind of conversational buffers, you know, that that join sentences, they're they're the glue that keep people reading, right? Um, uh, so I, I got very good at that. If you really want to get good at it, just just go on to um, just read anything from Gary Halbert. Mm-hmm. You read a Gary Halbert letter newsletter, it feels like you're just sitting across the kitchen table with the guy, just having a yarn with him, you know. Um, I, I got. Very, very good at that. Uh, very quickly, and that that kept kept people reading because the more they read, the more they buy. Right? The more they read, the more they buy. So a way you can keep people reading more, or um, a way if you want to repel people, is put in big chunky paragraphs that people don't like reading. As as a rule, no one wakes up and says, "Oh, what can I read?" today on your website. So my paragraphs are generally, um, especially in emails, it's only one sentence long, then you have a space. And and just ease it out because if you start with uh, a paragraph that's like eight words deep, I promise you now, they're not going to read the first letter of the first word. It's going to cause instant sales friction. They've already decided they're not going to read it without... um, So I ease them into it, right? And and I, I... I try and use my sentences. Uh, I try and make them only seven words long, right? And, I, and that's not including a, i, ins, and its, and those little the little words. But mm. just we talk. Uh, this is a bit of a caveat because I say writers you speak. A lot of the times when we speak, we speak in long sentences. But when you're writing, just try and make them as short as you can. Short words, short sentences, short paragraphs. Because if you make it long and convoluted, and, and even big words with lots of syllables, um, it you're leaving yourself open for them to trip up. And if they trip up, they're going to start skim reading and you've broken the flow. So there are a few things where you can keep the readability way up there. Um, And, uh, yeah, so that's something I got very, very good at. Um, The other thing I got good at, mate, was um, definite, was probably design. Now, I'm not a graphic artist, but when I'm putting sales pages together or landing pages or uh, or, or newspaper ads or whatever the case, um, layout and design is, is very important. I think over the last eight or ten years, Apple has really changed the game and lifted the bar. Mm-hmm. And, there's, uh, and, and uh, the, the worst thing you could do is, is when you go to someone's site and you just don't know where to look right. um, and it causes instant sales friction. So you just want to um, take out the clutter and, and ask yourself what's the, the sole what, you know, what's the priority for your for your website, and and you want to make that very uh, dominant dominant in in this site. It could be to opt in, or is it to get a sale, or get them to pick up a phone, whatever the case. You don't want to cram too much right. in there. And they say yeah. a confused mind never buys, right? So you don't want to give people, yeah. hey, pick one of these eight options. Yeah, yeah, just not you, get it. Bang on, man. Confused mind doesn't buy. That's um, that's spot on. So. So layout and design is going to help your readability and, and conversions as well, which is um, which is absolutely critical. So, um, so look that that was that was one thing. The other thing that I, I got um, very good at was was well, there's a, a bunch of things, but now uh, I was generally coming up with um, irresistible offers. Um, and I heard Marianne Tribbley, I think I got her name right. She said. And she's she's responsible for um, so multiple millions, of, growing multiple millions of dollars, maybe in the buildings. I'm not sure, but she's she's just an amazing marketer. But she said, if you look at a campaign um, and you and you work out where the success front comes from, sixty um, percent of it comes from the list, right, the database, and the people you're marketing to. Twenty percent comes to the offer, and the other twenty percent is copywriting. So. So you can do everything right as a copywriter, but if you mark it into the wrong list, you know, right. it doesn't matter how good your words are. Um, and and, if, and the thing is, uh, if you have an irresistible offer to the right list, then you can actually get away with having your copywriting not as good, you know, a little bit, uh, not, you know, it doesn't have to be yep. bang on. Yep. Because yep. an irresistible offer to the right list can carry carry you over the line a little bit, you know? No, sorry, I didn't mean, yeah, but you're, you're 180% there. The, most people dis, like, most people don't 
appreciate their customers and clients. And this goes back to even what you're saying about 80% of your work being the research because it really mm. is so much of it is about the list. So much of it is about the market and the people and what are their concerns? Where are they at? You know, what, yeah, I think that, um, again, that's just a huge, huge, huge tip. And again, that's another thing people want to, you know, what words like, Oh, I want to use the most compelling words and they're using all these persuasion tactics. And those only work if you have a qualified prospect in front of you, who's considering buying your product. If you don't have those things in line, then I think you, you know, it doesn't matter. The best copy in the world won't sell, won't sell your product. So. And, uh, and something that you and I both learned when we were together at the, um, um, in New York, Titans. Uh, Titans, Titans, yeah. direct, Titans of direct response events. Yeah, that's right. Well, something um, that I've been teaching for a while is a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to write long copy because I don't like long copy. You know, I like to keep it short, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so um, everyone says that. And so what they do is because they don't read those long-form sales letters, they make their sites nice and short to please everyone. Well, that's idiotic, right, because mm-hmm. you're, you're – so and that's something, um, and it was it was so well summed up by I think it was Gary Benzweger. He said, "You're right to the heavy users, you know. Always right to the heavy users, or the heavy lifters, you know, the people who are, um, are the fanatics, you know. But also write to them as if they're skeptics, right? And and something that he said was um, which I love. Um, just imagine if you're in a court case. I mean, if you, um, and I hope it doesn't happen to anyone, but you have to go to court and you have to fight to have your kids, for instance. I mean, you wouldn't leave anything out, would you? You would, you would just go in there hell for leather and, and make sure that you get your best case across the line to keep your kids. Right. So when I write copy, I write with that mindset. I said, I've got to get, I've got to get everything across. I don't want to leave one stone unturned. Right. Because again, one objection missed is a sale missed. And, uh, and, uh, but I, and I write for the enthusiasts. I don't try and, I don't try and, um, please the, the tie kickers who are never probably going to buy anyway. Right. Uh, uh, and so when someone says to me, you know, does what works long copy or short copy? I mean, there's always exceptions. I'm not going to go deep, dive too deep into it, but, um, See, so in the sales process, you you actually, um, weirdly enough, you don't want them to think, right? So if you cre- if you pull up your copy too short and you create a void for them to think, most people are automatically going to fill it with negative, right? Right. So, uh, they're going to think, oh, I've got, do I really need to buy this and that? So with long copy, if you if you do it well enough, uh, you can keep them on the trail and you, and you avoid, you, you, you um, don't create space for them to think. You keep them on that flow until you take them through the, the, the process and, and, and um, you know, create curiosity and desire and, and to, to, to know and to buy and all those, those psychological triggers. So you, you don't want them to give, you don't want to give space to think. So long copy actually um, kind of consumes their mind and, and fills their mind with what you want them to think about. But short copy, you're just leaving yourself open for the negative void to come in. Right, and you'd never tell a sales rep, "Hey, you, you know, here's the prospect. You know, they're coming in for their appointment, but I need you to just only use 500 words, okay? That's we only <laughs> have we only we have a quota. You know, we're not allowed to go over 500 <laughs> words, so you just got to be careful. Like, no, you would never, you would never say it. You can't bore someone into buying from you. So your copy can't be long and boring. It needs to be as long as it needs to be to make it, like you said, to make a complete case, right, to represent all the facts, to overcome all the objections. People will buy because of one bullet. They will buy because of one objection that you address. They will buy because of one benefit of the product that you mentioned. It's just like you say, it's knowing how to present it in digestible bite-sized pieces that are laid out in a format that's easy on the eyes and easy for people to read. That it's, you know, it's just the most digestible it can be and it speaks to them so, and that's why it speaks to them so clearly and that's why copywriting is such a high, like such a, such a difficult skill because it sounds easy but what was the quote, I forget who said it but you know, sorry my letter wasn't shorter. You know, if I had more time I would have written you a shorter letter you know and it's because that editing process that refining process the data collection process that's all very very time consuming and mm. and like you said i mean i remember i watched you've got a you got some free training on your site on how to do uh copywriting and i i went through and i watched it It was great stuff and i remember like you were just giving all these examples that you've done
done um, for things that you've done with your copywriting and like, you know, all the different examples that, you, you know what I mean? Like all the different mm. headlines, you're like, I'm just playing around with it. And, you know, we weren't even vet approved yet, but I threw that in the headline and, you know, you just got creative and crazy with it, but it just got you just, you know, creating these headlines and just really just pulling your guts out there and gave you all this arsenal that you could then refine and sift and sort down and, and you know, and give you these really punchy. I mean, that's why they're called bullet points. I mean, it's supposed to be a bullet. It's supposed to impact you, you know? So, mm. um, that's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Can you recap on the tight, like you said, the five steps, what were the five steps? Like just the titles of them. Can we summarize them? Yeah, sure, man. The first one was, was the researching, which everyone thinks is boring, but it's the most important thing. Right. Right. Because without that, you, you won't be good at number two, which is the big idea. Right. Uh, and is that uh, also and, the hook? Is that what people mean when they say, like, the hook? Yeah, 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 it, it is. But the, the big idea is, yeah, the hook. Uh, it could also be, the big idea can be just um, not, not only just the message, but it can be the media. Say, hey, have you tried reaching these people? Have you done joint, joint venture with that people? So, so come, being, coming up with a big idea, I added so much value to my clients and they were happy to pay me top dollar because it wasn't just the copy. I, I, gave, I came up with strategy and, 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 um, and, and you know, way to find clients and, and, and different places to get their message out there and, and, and things like that. So the big idea encapsulates all that um, as well, you know. Um, and then... The third thing I got very good at was taking the big idea and putting them into headlines. And again, that's man, you could do everything right, but if you stuff your headline up, then <laughs> like man, you just you're gonna really because yeah. headlines everything. I mean, people won't click on your email unless that that first part's correct. Same with your ad if you're doing a paid ad, or, or blog post titles, or uh, your video titles, or um, and so on and so forth. So uh, so your yeah, headlines, I got very very good at that. And and, and I tell people. Um, when I write a headline, I just I, I generally have a goal to try and do a hundred headlines. I do a headline dump, right? Because sometimes people wait for, you know, they visualize and they wait for medit- you know, they meditate on coming up with a good headline. But you know, motion beats meditation. You know, um, that's what Gary Halbert said. So you've got to be mechanical. So give yourself permission to to suck at writing headlines. Write write some bad ones and some shocking ones, stupid ones. And just start working on them and build on it, build on it. Just be mechanical. By the time you get to number 37, 38, all of a sudden you'll get the flow and, 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 uh, and you'll just won't be able to, your pen won't be able to write or you won't be able to type as fast as your brain gives you information. So I um, also just very quickly try and be as edgy as you can and, and um, even the shocking factor if, if you can as well. So, yeah, third one was headlines. The the um, the fourth one was um, write conversational, write as you speak. Um, that was that was absolutely critical, and that because once people go from the headline, you've got to keep them engaged and uh, and get them to read more. Um, and the the, f- the fifth one was um, have a good eye for design. You don't have to be a graphic artist, but make sure all your words and all the effort you put in is going to be read um, and not be cutted. And you've got to make sure there's, there's a good flow. So. Because the more they read, the more they buy. The more the more you tell, the more you sell. So um, just be mindful of design. Um, and I just topped it off at the end. I just said um, coming up with irresistible offers was another thing that I get very good at, especially with the online marketing funnels these days. In the last, you know, uh, f- uh, f- probably uh, four, four, four or five years, you know, the evolution of online marketing funnels is, is just growing and growing and growing. So you've really got to understand what you know? What the tripwire is, and in your mate, your core offer, and, and make sure that's um, congruent with each other, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I've got I've got very good at coming up with offers for people, and just just helping them think of other things you can add and perceive value, um, things like that. So for instance, when I sold my product from four hundred ninety eight dollars to one thousand four hundred ninety eight dollars, one one bonus thing I threw in there was unlimited email support for twelve months, right? And that just made the conversions go through the roof. Now, it wasn't my fault that no one used it, right? It was there. We were there, but hardly anyone used it. But the perceived value was massive. But it just we were lucky just to get one or two emails a week. No one actually used it. But, uh, but man, they sure paid for it. So, uh, And why did you offer that? Was that because of some insight that you had in your research to help make the offer better? Yeah, look, uh, yeah, pretty much, mate. I mean, I, I, I'm a, a massive student for direct response marketing. Any, any time I get, I'm, I'm reading, uh, watching videos and doing courses. I'm, I'm, I'm never ending there. Even 
yeah, look, I'm a complete direct response marketing nerd. So I'm, I'm consuming myself all the time with stuff like that and seeing what's working and what's not. So, yeah, that was just a, an overflow. I'm always throwing new ideas in there. Um, and, and that's, and that's why, why people pay me, you know, um, the good bucks to, to, to have my brain in their business is because, you know, while they're out there doing stuff, I'm in my spare time reading and learning stuff. It is my passion and I love what I do. So, um, yeah, so I'm always, um, you know, throwing different ideas out to clients and must in my own business as well. That's awesome. Brett, you've given us some real gold here. I mean, some of this stuff is just really top-notch. I mean, a lot of people don't even want to give away some of the details like you did, especially like recording your best sales rep on the phone and, you know, how to break that down and turn that into something that you can use. So thank you so much. I mean, this has really been golden, and I promise anyone that's listening to this, if they just follow the steps and do the work, I guarantee that they will get results at the other end. I mean, just what you've covered here with me is phenomenal, and if people just followed what you've done, described here that will take them leaps and bounds beyond where their competition is right now so maybe can you tell me what is it that you're doing right now what are you excited about um you know and how do people get in touch with you yeah thanks man i appreciate it and and i'll just say that you know you you make it easy for me you know you're i love your interviewing style and it's um and you're a great guy so kudos to you there too brother um so like for me it would be uh well what i'm doing now is i'm partnering up with my beautiful bride, Lanika Cruz, who's, um, yeah, she's, um, you know, the most inspiring personal development person I've ever met. She's, she's um, we, we both wrote a book uh, together. I wrote a book called Client Rush. So you can, you can, it's, you go to clientrushbook.com. Um, and her one was uh, Beggars Can Be Choosers about her personal story about going from, been a, a, a young girl, 14-year-old, on the streets um, as a young 14-year-old girl. And she um, lived on the streets and put herself through correspondence school and got degrees and now is a doctor. Um, she's quite amazing. So we, we run workshops together where we blend marketing and mindset so, um, called Marketing Makeover HQ. And uh, we do have a coaching program. We have implementation workshops because a lot of people uh, – you know, they love learning that, but they just don't have time to actually implement. So in Australia, we run, um, we, we do teaching, but we also give them time to implement certain aspects and put them and get them implemented in their business. Um, uh, and also um, working on um, kind of defining my niche a bit more and working with uh, people who want to fill events and seminars because uh, probably... Close to eighty percent of my clients were um, seminar promoters and putting people, you know, putting bums on seats and things like that. I got very, very good at getting people to turn up to seminars and workshops and retreats and all that kind of stuff. So, so I'll be, I'll be um, um, creating some stuff for that space as well. But, but um, yeah, you can, you can check out clientrushbook.com or you can go to my my blog, um, brettthompson.com. So it's Brett with one T, Thompson without a P just to make it difficult, <laughs> uh, brettcompany.com. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's us in a nutshell, buddy. That's awesome. So they can go to clientrush.com or brett. B- oh, no. So it's clientrush, clientrushbook.com. Oh, my apologies. Clientrushbook.com or brettthompson.com, B-R-E-T-T-H-O-M-S-O-N.com. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. And I, Brett, it was a Brett Thompson. It was Brett Thompson I went to where you've got your free copy course. I mean, that that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a paid for yeah. seminar that you're just giving away for people once they join your list, right? So, um, yeah. anyone that's interested in this, I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I think it would be a great for if you're brand new to this it's definitely something worth looking into if you're already writing copy brett definitely has stuff you can learn um and it's free so by all means i i highly endorse and recommend um his his copy stuff um so yeah so again clientrushbook.com or brettthompson.com brett thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your wisdom with us i really 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 appreciate you contributing to the tribe and just thank you and wish you and your family all the best Oh, that's awesome, man. It's been my pleasure. And again, it's uh, you make it so much easier for us, buddy. So thanks again, Dale. It's great, buddy. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, 
What can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.